Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 284th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends with an even sexier new website over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble and extremely ill host today, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, filling in for my usual female-centric podcast writer die who we are wishing a very speedy recovery as well but i've brought on the uh the new resident xbox super fan you can find him on them socials at Jono himself we're obviously talking about none other than australia's john opec Jono, welcome back to thg how you doing my friend let's not get too crazy with the xbox praise it's uh it's early days <laughs> it's early days but i'm on the i'm on the team now you know that's it yeah part part of team green maybe we could Maybe we could start things off there straight away. So yeah, you've you've recently taken ownership of a fantastic black Xbox Series X console. What's your uh, initial thoughts as someone that hasn't really played around in this ecosystem before? Hmm. What's your what's your early returns? Uh, I guess the obvious Game Pass is really great, and that's not new to anyone who listens to this podcast. Um, it's pretty good that you can just buy a new console, pay the $1 for that first month and just download 20 or 30 games off the bat and not have to spend any more money, um, especially when the entry point is what it is. So that's really great, I think. Um, And, you know, you could say the same thing about PlayStation with the PlayStation collection, but the chances are uh, if you're going from a PS4 to a PS5, you've likely played 90 or 80% of those titles already so yeah it's it's just a whole lot of great indies and for me um a lot of xbox exclusives to catch up on because it's my very first xbox machine yeah, you've certainly got yourself quite the uh to-do list you could say like you've mm. sort of shared some of the internal memos that you've you've been sort of jotting down over the years about sort of uh, first port of call and games to target and work through and <laughs> It looks like you're going to be needing to take up all your annual leave to try and chew through that <laughs> list. But uh, yeah, you're certainly not going to be uh, running around trying to work out what to play next, that's for sure, because there is uh, many, many a title there for you to sink your teeth into. Yeah, and it's it's kind of good timing in a way because there's not much coming out on PlayStation at the moment and Xbox has delayed all of its big things. So it's, a, it's a, probably a good time to jump in and address the backlog that's... Uh, suddenly very, very long with so many years to catch up on. 100%, 100%. So maybe um, like as far as things that I've been playing, I haven't really been doing a ton. Uh, I had sort of my sales conference and a few other things with work taken me out of the uh, the gaming sphere this week. So I dabbled a little bit more in Fortnite, but you know... No more, no more need to talk about that fantastic no build battle royale <laughs> extravaganza. But I might just throw it across to you, JP, and maybe you can uh, share what you've been playing because uh, yeah, this is the the first toe dip into that Xbox world. And uh, where did you start? Sure. So let's have a look. I've got this on the list. So I started with Psychonauts two because that was one of the game of the year contenders last year that I didn't get around to, and I kind of knew that I was going to get an Xbox eventually. So I thought I'll just 
hang out until then and give it a crack. So I've just dipped into that for kind of the first day that I had the Xbox. And then I realized that, you know, there are games that come off Game Pass. So I wanted to make sure I got to Yes, Your Grace before that Mm -hmm. finishes at the end of this month. So in 10 days, I finished that last night, had a great time with that little kingdom management sim. Um, Love the pixel art, love the the humor in that one. And uh, I think you've, you've touched on that or have you finished that one? Yeah, I've, I yeah. I I did my playthrough on it, and it's it's tough to be a good fair king to everybody, and and I guess that's what comes to being in positions of power. Mm. How did uh, how did how did your uh, your dictatorship end? Was it <laughs> was it good, or were you well received by by the by the townsfolk? My monarchy, uh, yeah, I, I was. Uh, we had a happy ending in my game. We um, you know, I guess you could say happy ending, but there's a lot of tragedy along the way, isn't there? It's a mm-hmm. it's a lot um. A lot more to that game than I kind of expected as far as the level of uh, drama that, that comes out of, of a simple storyline as you have these multiple build-ups to several battles and uh, events that, that happen throughout. So, yeah, it, it was a lot, um, a lot more to it than I expected in that regard. So, credit to the writing team at that studio, uh, whose name eludes me at the moment. And uh, just uh, it's, it's just as someone who's writing for some indie games in development and Trigger Witch that came out last year, I appreciate seeing something that's built around a story and dialogue mm-hmm. and, and, you know, specifically just text-based um, pixel art graphics and that kind of thing. It was it's very cool. I could, could see myself doing something like that one day if I was able to get onto the right team. So it's, it's, it's interesting to um, view it from that lens and just appreciate... You know, I've I've complained in the past about some of these like management sims, whether it's like Stardew Valley or uh, Spirit Fair, not quite doing it for me. Um, but this one, just the hook of the daily, you know, talk to all the peasants, help them out, go look around the, the kingdom a little bit in the castle, and um, send your generals and whatnot out to explore, try and and just shoot through to the next day and the next day. And it's always like, oh, I'll just do one more day. Oh, that, that you know, the hunter's coming back. I'll see what he has to say. Oh, that, that person I helped, I wonder if they're happy. So it, it just kept me going uh, a lot longer than I expected. So it didn't take me long to get through it at all. It, it's such a simple <clears throat> yet addictive loop, that game, like like what you t- just touched on. There's there's not a ton to the mechanics, but the, the story and the ripple effects of your decisions or lack thereof in certain regards just really adds to a really great, fun, simple, yet surprisingly emotional uh, from an investment standpoint game, mm. which yeah, I, I really enjoyed yesterday, Grace. And yeah, it's, it's rolling out off Game Pass at the end of this month. Obviously, you can buy the game in full once it's off there yeah. if, if you choose. But if you're a Game Pass user, by the time this episode comes out, you might have a week. six-ish yeah. days or so before it... Uh, goes out of the rotation so you still got time to experience it and see if you can be uh, a fair and just ruler or a bit of a tyrant mm, indeed and the other one i started just last night was infernax which is a really cool gruesome castlevania clone i guess you could call it i've only mm-hmm. just kind of touched on it jumped into it killed a few different enemies before i had to go to bed but that's a, a really cool looking indie that's on game pass as well if if you want to check it out 
Nice. No, it looks it looks clean. It's only been out for about 12 months or so, but it looks good, obviously, on Steam and things as well. Mm. Really cool throwback as far as those graphics. I haven't played it yet. I've seen it pop up on the listings a few times. Is, is that out of the rotation by the end of this month as well? No, or you just sort of that, were that's just, caught on the game? That's art? just one that, yeah, hooked me from the look of it. I love that kind of retro uh, visual, I guess, of uh, the, the, you know, NES to Super NES era and... It's it's a lot more floaty than the Castlevania games as far as like the, mm-hmm. the jump ability, so it doesn't feel as as ground like you know literally grounded as uh, as those games. And so far, I'm digging it, and the enemy designs are really like gruesome and over the top. So it's um, there's a kind of a warning at the start that it's not for kids, despite the you know throwback pixel art appeal that it might have it's it's super metal and super nightmare fuel yep. fuel-y. like I'm, I'm just looking at some of the graphics just um from sort of the the google search and it is a lot yeah, it is it is it is awesome and i'm gonna have to give it a spin it's like a sam sam raimi castlevania or something yeah there, there's like a a demonic hell beast uh with sort of the goat head and then just some big uh big large breasts and then the the hoover arms or hoove Feet. I don't know what what it becomes if it's hands or feet uh, when it becomes sort of a, a hybrid like that. But yeah, it looks it looks interesting. So that'll that'll be on my watch watch list. But uh, circling back to Psychonauts two, what do you think uh, of this double fine experience? You uh, you been enjoying it? Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, I, I haven't <clears throat> gone deep enough to to really see like yes, I can I can tell why everyone was obsessed with this. But I am enjoying it. I'm probably. You know, you do the opening kind of dream world and then you're back to the school and I'm I'm kind of in the second area at the moment. So um, getting there and just, I guess it's not really a spoiler, but um, just opened up the, the path to do the casino mm-hmm. mission. So that will be the third mission, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying, I can see like the humor is definitely there and um, it's good fun and I like that it kind of feels like you're playing a PS3, PS2 game as far as that like platformer throwback goes. But um, and and like some of the graphics are deliberately like really simple and uh, like Saturday morning Nickelodeon cartoony kind of thing. But then because it's obviously developed for modern consoles, they've done things like you know made the the character models' eyes have like reflections off them and like just little bits where like okay we're gonna throw in some ray tracing here amongst the very basic polygonal almost models it's a really good contrast and i'm excited to get your your full feedback on it once you once you roll credits and then um are you going to be then jumping across to things like halo and gears of war and those big uh tentpole xbox exclusives is that the plan yeah that's the plan i was talking to my friend gab today who I said, oh, I might just jump straight into Halo 3 because I don't want to necessarily go back all the way to the start. And he's like, no, you have to go back to the start. So, And I know that they've done like some up-resing, some clever up-resing on the... Um, yeah, on the, on the Master Chief collection. Yeah, and, and just like they, they have this... Like Xbox has come up with this way to like create a uh, like virtual HDR or whatever you call it where it adds like extra frames and extra fidelity that's not actually in the original version of the game just through or maybe it's extra frame yeah i can't remember exactly what it is but um that makes me think maybe the older games will hold up 
better, but I don't know. It's more about like the time commitment. Like I don't know how long each of those games is. Do I want to spend a hundred hours on Halo? Maybe I do. I yeah, like there's going to be an investment if you're going to work through it from one through to infinite. through to sort of um, infinite. Yeah. That's a that's that's a lot of time on 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 your plate that you got to try and find to like. And it's a cool story and it's fun and the combat's great and you can sort of see some of the pioneering elements that that are uh, around in a lot of shooters today from uh, the the original. Yeah. But I don't know. I to be honest, like I'm not one to to go back and, and replay legacy titles and things often or if ever. Mm. So I'm not probably the best person to ask <laughs> or say, do you think I should go back? I'd probably say, oh, maybe just watch like a yeah. a Halo story update to now and then jump into Infinite or, or 3 or something That's like that. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's an investment. I'll look at the how long to beat estimates and see if I can be bothered, maybe. And then I mean, there's nothing wrong with, I guess, going back. If I... If I become obsessed with halo from playing halo 3 and infinite or whatever i can always go back and play the first ones yeah exactly exactly and, and, and that's not me being dismissive or disrespectful to those games i'm just just very mindful of, yeah. of people's time or lack thereof of these days so yeah if there's a way to maximize that time and still get a, a, a complete with an asterisk experience of Halo, yeah. then then I'd say go that way and yeah, but there's so much to play and do. Uh, just maybe hold out on on touching gears just yet because obviously there's the rumors that 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 can be the the big uh, end of year release for Xbox with Starfield and things like that getting pushed to 2023 where they're going to say that there's going to be a, a remaster of uh, one and two okay. coming out holiday season. So so maybe just hold sure. hold fire until then on that one potentially, but. Um, yep. And then, when you do, let me know because maybe I, I can roll through co-op campaign okay. with you on those. That sounds fun, yeah. And then Fable would be the other series that I've been curious about over the years, just to uh, dig into that one. And aside from that, like that's one of the reasons it's taken me this long. Like I haven't felt like there's that many must-play exclusives for the type of game that I'm into, which is the more mm-hmm. story-driven experience. So uh, once I've you know caught up on on those, it'll be mostly just the old. Uh, exclusive machine and the game pass machine for me so definitely not leaving the ps5 behind the the switch is you know at someone else's house at the moment i don't even know it's like it's like where are your kids you know uh, i'm sure i'm sure it's fine um but uh yeah it's, it's good to it's good to have uh multiple consoles for the first time in my life I've yeah well, well welcome we're happy to have you here and as you said like all these consoles they can coexist and uh work happily side by side and yeah there's there's strengths and weaknesses and franchises that are beloved locked to one and not to the other and vice versa so yeah if if you can if you can afford it and also find them yeah having yeah. having <laughs> both or having all is never a bad thing uh but yeah just just uh you don't go breaking the bank or, or sacrificing other things you need to make it happen. But uh, yeah, 2023 is going to be the year of what could have been as far yes. as all these delays and, and postponements of releases. Like there's still some strong rumor mills of things that will be coming at the back end of this year, which is exciting. But uh, I guess we haven't been playing a ton of new things that are out in, in the rotation at the moment, but we've been watching a few things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to deep dive too heavily as far as what I've been watching, it's it's been, uh, you know, to no surprise, anime. I've been uh, consuming a bit more anime as I can. I haven't had time to sort of 
sink my teeth into anything, anything new that's that's unanime related uh, at the moment. But I've been working through a, a new drop from this year called Skeleton Knight in Another World, which is super fun. And another one that I've just finished watching the first season of is called uh, Sabakui Bisco, which is sort of a post-apocalyptic show well, post-apocalyptic anime where there's sort of this this global infection or disease going around called rust and it you know sort of embodies what rust does to sort of metal to sort of the human flesh where the the your internal sort of rust rust away and cease working and you ultimately die so there's people like very select people trying to find a cure for it to you know save the human race and obviously there's conflict and various warring parties that sort of play into that sort of mad mass Mad Max-esque yeah. sort of vibe. It's it's actually really cool and the tone's super fun and quirky, a little bit violent and it's got um, some giant sort of um, kaiju creatures throughout it as well. So it's this cool mix of, of a lot of things I like and that was that was really fun. Um, outside of that, I watched the the season finale last night of Halo, uh, you know, connecting back to the, the game. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The show, overall, I think it was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't without a few warts, not warthogs, just warts <laughs> in general. There was some warthogs too, but uh, overall, I liked what they did with it. I enjoyed my time, the nine episodes, like just a good enough amount to get me hyped. And the way that the ending of the, the season finale sort of played out, it's certain, certainly leading to, to more and a bigger season two. And there were some awesome battles. There was uh, one battle at the back end of this ninth episode, which was, was just about the best thing they've done in the entire show. It like was linking and nodding to the game and it's just super frenetic combat and violent and visceral and brutal. And it's, it's super slick when it leans into the, the, the Spartan way, as opposed to some of the other ancillary, nothing human characters they tried to make us care about, which I still don't. It really, really executes on the brief, but uh, yeah, it's worth a look on Paramount Plus if you can, if you can get it. For those people uh, on Game Pass, there is actually part of the perks where you get—I think it's a free thirty-day trial of Paramount Plus included in your Game Pass if you check your perks or your benefits on there. So you'll be able to watch mm-hmm. now this whole season in full if you wanted to. Cool, cool. That is interesting. Are you? It seems like most people are criticizing this show more than praising it. Do you find that? You're one of the few voices of um, of positivity around Halo, or is there a bit more? Um, than- there, there's certainly some more out there. Like, um, like there's a few other content creators. Like, I saw Skill Up was talking about it pretty highly on his socials. Where, yeah, like it's not a perfect show. It's not in the running for any Oscars as far as the writing and the storytelling goes. But it's just for a big mm-hmm. science fictiony soap opera. Like, it nails that brief. Like. You're not sure. going in there to, to sort of have your heart ripped out due to emotional performances and the stakes being raised. Like, oh, I guess the stakes are high. You know, the, the universe is at stake here. The Ooh. Covenant's going to kill all humans yeah. a- across the galaxy and so on and so forth. But it's just fun. Like, if you can sort of turn your thinking hat off a little bit and try and not get too granular as far as, no, this is how the games do it. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. Like, just enjoy it for just good cinematic hoorah mm-hmm. then i think you'll have a good time like it's it's good science fiction and it's all the good things about science fiction that i enjoy as well you know the the big brashness and the aliens and the violence and the machismo and the craziness and the corniness and all that kind of stuff like it's it's like when i mentioned in the first few episodes when i was talking about it 
it's got some sort of nods and linkages to like how Starship Troopers plays out on screen, and that's why I enjoyed this. And it's 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 perfectly fine. Hmm. Sounds a bit like the Uncharted movie as far as the differences, and if you can just accept that it's different, then you'll have yeah. a good time. And if you can't accept that, then you won't like it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, I see you've been been skimming through some things as well. Have you got uh, a yeah. some nice high level high level uh, thoughts on what have we got here? Five five yeah. things you've referenced. Been busy. There. I've been sick this week, so I've had a lot of time to watch TV. Um, so Handmaid's Tale is something I've binged through like all four seasons over the past like three weeks and Great really, really liked it after not being sure that it was going to be for me. Starts very heavy. Doesn't really get any less heavy, but um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> it does have what I would call like the payoff that you need from a, something that heavy in a similar way to like The Last of Us 2, like as a game, like it's just one blow after another. And you, you kind of think back like, why was that so enjoyable? And it's because there's these little moments where it's like, ah, oh, relief or like, success at the goal or whatever it might be like these little victories that that make it feel like it was not worth it to go through all that suffering but at least there's a bit of humanity in there so it's got that Mm. same kind of thing that i enjoy there and the storytelling and the world that they've created there you know based on the novel phenomenal but it's just great like it's just so deep and uh realized i guess with the alternate history so love that um looking forward to the next season even though it's kind of getting harder and harder to tell where they're going to go with it because of how it's played out but i'm sure they'll come up with something yeah the characters are so real in that show and like like june who's the 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 lead uh she she's phenomenal but there's times where like it's great that she's flawed and mm-hmm. there's times when you're like what are you doing you idiot like yes. and you start to sort of dislike her in certain ways in the person she's become but yeah. then you also realize the person she's become is due to all this trauma and hardship she's had to encounter uh-huh. for those previous previous seasons it's 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 some of the best storytelling that i've seen on the small screen in a long time and yeah i can't wait to see what they do in season five but i just know that I feel sort of not gross, but I feel very fragile after watching these episodes because it's like, yeah, you don't get many victories to cheer for. And a lot of the time these episodes end on such a bleak note that you just sort of like need to go and watch something <laughs> joyful and happy straight away because you're just like, oh my God, I'm so sad and beaten up right now emotionally from this show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that says about me that I was able to just binge like four seasons of it and <laughs> couldn't get enough of it but anyway a bit more stoic than me (laughs) other than that just like keeping up with the weekly drops of um better call Saul, which is fantastic as always um barry on binge is uh or hbo in the states is in its third season and also fantastic as always can't really say enough great things about barry better call Saul. um atlanta i think you've been watching that and i'm catching up I've only got probably one or two episodes to go, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Have you finished that? I think the last episode just came out recently. I haven't watched the last yet, but like same as you, I've been really enjoying it. It's just a, a nice palate cleanser. The storytelling's, you know, it's very different to a lot of the other stuff we're watching, I guess, in our respective oh, rotations, but it's nice and real. The The acting is fantastic and just the, the world that it's built out over these previous, you know, 2.9 seasons uh has been great and so i'm keen to keen to see what they get up to uh for this finale 
Yeah, and it's also like it's weird as well because every like mm-hmm. two or three episodes they'll just be like, "Here's a story that has nothing to do with the show or with the characters from the show. It's going to be entirely about race relations uh, in America, and it's going to be somewhat of like a satire or um, you know." Uh, exploring certain themes that exist in America turned up to a hundred. And I love that they have the guts to just do that because you could take those episodes out completely and it could just be a separate show altogether. Like it it really has nothing to do with Paperboy and Ern and uh, Darius and, and Vanessa, but somehow it makes the other episodes, uh, like it gives them context, I guess, for this world they're creating, where it is a slight alternate world to where we exist. Totally agree, and and I think it's it's nice to see Donald Glover and I guess the spotlight that he commands and the the celebrity and the power he's got, like not being afraid to uh, highlight these types of uh, you know racial issues and and societal based issues that like African Americans are dealing with day in and day out, and having it broadcast on on mainstream television this way with globally renowned actors playing these roles and and helping magnify these issues is great like as you said like it's a it's a risk and yeah it doesn't directly sort of fit into that main storyline of atlanta but it goes to add additional layers and context to it through through those bottle episodes yeah and i even the last episode i watched was like within the europe storyline but even then, I'm still like, is this an- another alternate universe? Because nothing makes sense here either. So I'm very confused. But uh, you kind of just roll along with it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and yeah, having those sort of shorter 20 to 25-minute episodes uh, keeps keeps it punchy and keeps those messages, you know, the varied messaging that they're throwing at you at the forefront of your mind. It doesn't get sort of lost in the minutia, yeah. which is good. And the last thing I'll mention is Russian Doll Season 2. So you might remember pre-pandemic... Natasha Leon or Lyon, uh, most known from Orange is the New Black, had that series on Netflix. It's kind of the Groundhog Day kind of story of mm-hmm. dying and waking up and trying to break the time loop. And uh, it's been, you know, three years or whatever it's been because of the pandemic. And the show picks up kind of three years after the first season <clears throat> in the same way. So I watched the first couple episodes last night and. It's gone gone in an interesting direction that I didn't expect. So if you liked the first season, and I wasn't like massively big on it, but I am intrigued by this second one. So it's worth worth a shot. It, it seems like it, it's a show. I haven't watched a, a single second of it so far in either of these seasons. Right. So I'm, I'm neutral to it. But I know a lot of people in our social circles has praised it. And then just the broader culture community says it's one of the, the best new shows of the last several years. So I know I need to give it some time, but yeah, the, the, con- the, the concept was always very interesting to me. I just need to give it, give it a, give it a run to see if it hits for me. Yeah. And it's nothing like, it's never anything brown groundbreaking when people do a time loop thing. Like mm-hmm. there's, um, what was the one with Andy Samberg? Like, uh, Palm Springs oh, or something. The summer, it was on, on Amazon. Yeah. Fantastic film. Really and, good. And I feel bad that I can't remember the... Was it Palm Springs? Pa- was it Palm Springs? Uh, yeah, Palm Springs, 2020. Okay. So, yeah. you know... Fantastic movie. 
And they nailed it. They executed that that time loop. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Concept really, really well. Yeah, and then you know, Death Loop, many other video games that have have done it as well. So Happy Death Day, which is a fantastic horror <laughs> horror comedy film, and then they've done Happy Death Day to You, and now I think they're doing a third one, which is which is bonkers. But yeah, it's oh, a, it's a cool concept. It's a when million, it's done well, it's a ton of fun. Of yeah, but um, I guess it's more about like the world that they create within that loop that makes mm-hmm. it interesting and the character <laughs> the character that is played by natasha is is just like it's just very much it's very her and if you if you're a fan of orange is the new black you know what she's like as a performer and what she can bring to a role just a really quirky uniqueness and, and charm that's um in a, in a new york setting makes it uh, just feel like a a fun show to, to get into nice yeah I'll, I'll add it on the list when i eventually watch all the anime in the universe i'll, I'll give uh, <laughs> russian dollar spin but um yeah quick bit of housekeeping before we jump into the news obviously if you wanted to support us monetarily you can do so via a monthly subscription over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are eight bits starting from the low low price of one dollar per month you know that's like one third or even one quarter of a cup of coffee so if you can throw that into our bucket that will go an awful long way, get you exclusive access to perks, giveaways, and a whole lot of other content and goodies. If you want to get some merch-based goodies, you can obviously do so over at shop8bit.net. That's our official merch store. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and everything else in between on a host of fantastic designs. And if you want to try and go in the running to win yourself an ATH GL3 gaming headset from Audio Technica, this is one of their brand new gaming headsets that was released in 2022. Uh, to simply enter, all you need to do is take a screenshot of you leaving or, or have potentially already left a rating for The Hungry Gamers or any of the other broader 8-bit podcasts on Spotify. Grab that screenshot, DM us at weare8bit, or if you want to email us, hello at 8bit.net to go in the draw and we're going to announce that uh, in the next two weeks or so. So super simple, super easy. Uh, it's literally jump into Spotify. Uh, if you aren't already subscribing to us on that platform, please do so. Uh, you know, Listen to a bit of our episodes and then uh, hit that five-star rating or whatever star rating you deem the show to be worth. We think it's five, five but stars. if you've got uh, different thoughts, that's fine. But take that screenshot shoot it across and you can win yourself a fantastic gaming headset as well as some other additional 8-bit swagger. But JP, let's get into this. This week's news headlines. And the first uh, bit of news, a little quick hitter. No, it's, I think it's great. Uh, Sony has listed over 60 accessibility options for God of War Ragnarok mm. and uh, came on the back of a broader blog statement from PlayStation. I'm just going to read some of the uh, some of the notes in there and it reads as follows not only have we redesigned our ui to allow for more flexibility and readability but we also have rebuilt controller remapping from the ground up and added more customization to our combat and interaction in, and interaction systems we have retained all our accessibility features from 2018's god of war and expanded upon them to include more than 60 ways to adjust gameplay to best suit your style and needs then it goes on to further read we are committed to improving accessibility and customization for everyone we can't wait to tell you details about our other categories of accessibility features like combat slash aim assists puzzle slash mini game assists hard adjustments camera tuning auto pickup and much more so you can obviously head over to the sony website to get the full press release there that they've they've released on the blog but uh in short god of war ragnarok is going to be the most accessible god of war title to date 
there's still strong rumors. There hasn't been any denial. This is going to be coming out in 2022. So ultimately, this might be the biggest game release of 2022 for a whole host of reasons. I'm hoping it's the case because I'm excited for more Kratos and seeing what's happening in this uh, next-gen world. But JP, this is awesome. Um, you can play the game your way in a whole host of ways and it's going to allow for a better experience for everybody. Yeah, like it's um, it's something that we saw a pretty big step forward, I thought, with The Last of Us 2 with uh, a lot of accessibility options to not only like the the visual, like colorblind, like vision mm-hmm. impairment, but also just general gameplay. So, for example, you could make it so you couldn't fall off a cliff or you can make it so you could, you know, skip puzzles or whatever it might be. Just these little things that um, made it way easier to find collectibles and and just general improvement for people of different abilities or um even just like i found myself using some of those stuff without needing them i just like oh i actually don't like button mashing quick time events so i will yes turn on like hold down x or whatever instead of mashing it to open a door or whatever it is so I, I appreciate these as someone that doesn't need them, that's just lazy. So I'm sure that people <laughs> out there who actually can't play games unless they're tweaked are going to be very happy with what they've added to God of War, which was just a couple of years prior to The Last of Us Part Two. but it shows that there's been such a big development in that field since 2018 and kudos to the developers that have been leading the way. And I think that, I really think Naughty Dog was one of those that, you know, when I saw the list of accessibility on that game, I was like, okay, I've never seen this before. Maybe there's games that I hadn't played on other consoles that were doing it already. But yeah, definitely appreciated that. Oh, most definitely. And yeah, Sony's Sony's taking a, a really strong stance in this in this regard. Like like you mentioned The Last of Us, but we saw it with Ratchet and Clank, we saw it with Miles Morales. Horizon, yeah. And then on the other side we saw a lot of a lot of that positivity as far as accessibility with like Forza Horizon Five that came out um, you know, a few months down the track as well. So it's great to see because yeah, gaming is is for everybody and if you can make it as accessible and fun and enjoyable and you know as painless as possible to play depending on where you are from a gamer as you said jp or if you just want to avoid some of those annoyances and bugbears that you have with certain gaming tropes the fact that you've got an option to turn it off or adjust it to to your choosing is awesome so um yeah it's going to be great and and i'm hoping i'm hoping 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 that god of war ragnarok comes out in 2022 like that's that's the strong rumors around the water cooler and you're seeing all the, the the constant sort of news breakers your jeff grubbs and uh you know schreier and everyone else like that still heavily implying that's the case but there's still a lot of a lot of radio science out there so please santa monica please come out over this summer news jaunt and, and just go boom drop us a big Sony presser in the next few months, or maybe it comes out at Game Fest. Who knows? But uh, yeah, just just let us know. So we've got something to look forward to at the end of the year. Uh, something I guess we can look forward to at the end of the year if you wanted to revisit or maybe you're a first-timer, but um, to coincide with the seventh anniversary of the original release of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Cedar Project Red has given a small update this past week in regards to the next-gen update, which is going to be dropping on PlayStation 5 slash Xbox Series S slash X. 
there was some some delays constantly, and then there was also uh, CDPR's own in-house studio because this was really getting done by Saber Interactive. They've pulled it all back in-house, but uh, you know we we broke news on this a couple of weeks ago now, maybe three or four episodes ago now, but they've since come out and said this is actually going to be coming out in the Q4 2022 release window. So it's going to be coming out holiday of 2022. This was sort of broadcast on the the Twitter sphere. But JP, is this something that's a needle move for you? Do you have any incentive to go back and jump back into the boots of Geralt and play it on the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X that you now own? Hmm. Yes and no. Uh, probably not on the Series X. Probably PS Five because it's a free upgrade on the PS if you already own yes, it on the I game from it, PlayStation yeah. Four. So, but mostly because I assume it's going to come with a new trophy list, which is great. Um, problem is, I've already played through this game three times, uh, and it's a long game, as you know. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. The last time, so long. the last time was after the first season of The Witcher hit Netflix, and I just felt like playing it again. So I think if I was to play it a fourth time, it would have to be like years down the track. But I'm happy to know that when that actually happens, that I have a PS5 version that's hopefully really slick and upgraded and quick loading and all that stuff. So. um yeah, good on them. And I doubt that there's anyone that's been holding out for this before they play the game for a first time because it's been so accessible. It's on every platform. It's on Switch. It's on PC. It's everywhere. It would be, it's <laughs> and like, it's been yeah. part of so many cheap deals. And yeah, exactly. you could have got it for a steal over the years. It's more like a Skyrim thing, I think, where it's not like anyone's going, oh, Skyrim, I've heard that's pretty good. I'll check that out now that it's coming to PS5. It's more like, uh, you know, oh, like I haven't played that since maybe 2015 when it came out and I've been looking for an excuse to play it again. It's been seven years. Sweet. I think that would be more who it's for. Like someone maybe more like you, not that you replay games, but uh, if you haven't and you know, oh, I really feel like playing it again since I watched the, the two seasons on Netflix. Boom. There it is. Or before The Witcher 4 comes out, like leading up to it, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly like if if I'm starved for things to do come come holiday season and and I just want to see maybe maybe I will boot it up and and jump into my my save from from you know previous gen and and maybe just tidy up a couple of those side quests because I haven't like completed everything oh, yeah. in the game but like I've completed the mainline story so maybe I'll just give it a look just to see how it's how it stacks up graphically compared to to how it was on the the Xbox One and things like that. But it's, it's still cool. And the fact that it's part of a free upgrade if you are owning the game already, that's that's a, a nice uh, you know customer-centric offering there that CDPR are doing instead of saying, oh, sorry, you've got to pony up yep. $20 or whatever to get the, the complete edition when, when it comes out in holiday. But no, it's, it's still cool. And yeah, it will, will be very interesting to see what kind of uh, concurrent player spikes there's going to be uh, at the end of the year when this game does finally make its way to that next-gen a- arena. But uh, something that maybe is a bit more palatable and, and that's something that more people will pick up is uh, we've had three more PlayStation 5 console covers announced this past week, and they're available pre-order right now. They're shipping around the middle of June from the Amazon listings I saw. They're going to be dispatched around June 17th. 
And the three options you can choose between are Nova Pink, Galactic Purple, and Starlight Blue. And they're both available for the disc and digital versions of your PlayStation 5. And they're about $84 AUD via Amazon. So JP, which of those three, like obviously... You're you're the all black PlayStation <laughs> yeah. Five custom skin. I've got the decrepit, rundown Horizon themed custom skin on mine. But out of those three, Nova Pink, Galactic Purple, and Starlight Blue, which way would you go if you were you know gun to the head and you had to go a certain direction with uh, skinning your <laughs> PlayStation Five console? They're very out there, aren't they? These particular mm-hmm. colors. They didn't go for like you know when people sell merch, T-shirts. It's like despite the temptation it's got to be a black t-shirt because that's what sells like that's what people actually want despite the creativity of these quirky other colors i think um i'd have to go with the purple for 8-bit reasons that's probably the obvious pick i think the others are a bit too out there for me definitely like they would definitely stand out in my living room especially since you know i've got the black xbox got the gray switch when it's there and uh you know a bit of greenery around with plants and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh don't know how the fluorescent pink and well sorry i guess i should call it nova pink and starlight blue would hold up uh, <laughs> in the living room with everything else but what about you it's gotta be yeah purple, like right? like I'm, I'm not gonna take the low like the the purple the galactic purple it's certainly the the softer of the three like it's the less neony yeah or you know, vibrant of the three, but I really like the starlight blue. Like I'm, okay. I'm with you. Like, like I'm trying to disconnect from it being in my lounge room and trying to see if it would actually blend in with the color palette that I've got. Uh-huh. But just from an aesthetics point of view, I really like that shade of blue. I think it's uh, it, it pops and it's like, mm, yeah, I could I could see myself appreciating that. Will I ever buy that that console cover? Probably not, but. I like all three, and, and yeah, they're certainly in your face. Like it, it'd be become a feature piece of your entertainment suite, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't really know what they're doing with this. Like you'd you'd think anyone that's been in the PlayStation community for a while would know that people probably want like black. They want PlayStation Gray, like the original Gray. They want maybe like a navy blue rather than these crazy colors. But uh, at the same time. It's a lot of uh, people who Twitch streaming and that kind of thing with their crazy lights and I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's it's more along the lines of appealing to that kind of crowd. That that's where I was like before you jumped into that. That's what I was going to allude to next. I'm like, you think of this in in someone's like you know gaming cave or nerd yes, cave or whatever exactly. you want to describe it as where there's rgb out the wazoo something like this would fit in nicely with with all the crazy lights and the bloody nano leafs and everything yep, else yep. they've got going on around <laughs> there around their their sort of focal area where they're doing their gaming this would sit in there really nicely but yeah as far as having in in a traditional person's lounge room like myself or yourself <laughs> Uh, yeah, it would so stand much. out like uh, yeah, like spacey dog balls. But anyway, they're still cool. And eighty four bucks, I think that's yeah. pretty reasonable. Like I know it's still a, a chunk of money, but is that AU? Do you think that's fair? AU that's did. AU. Yeah, yeah eighty four bucks Australian on Amazon. I didn't see what they were charging on EB. I'd assume naturally a bit higher. I mean, because Amazon's always good for deals. Given that it's an authentic PlayStation branded thing, I get it. But you know take the mad cats version if if such thing exists it's probably um 
kind of it's never as good it's never as good like I've played many <laughs> Mad Cats or insert controller brand name XYZ oh, we're talking Xbox we're controllers talking, over the years we're, we're talking about console covers though we're not talking about controls <laughs> I'd want the official yeah. I'd, I'd pony up the 84 to get that uh, Starlight Blue but uh yeah, listeners, maybe we'll chuck a poll up. We'll see who who leans more towards Nova Pink, Galactic Purple, Starlight Blue, or maybe we'll put an other. And, you know, you, you reference the, the color or the shade you'd prefer yeah. for your PlayStation 5. Do, do you agree, though, like black and that PS1 gray would be the, the big sellers? Oh, totally, yeah. totally. And and it's, it, it just means it's going to work with every... Like, your decor will be able to work in with that nicely or nicer compared to, compared to Nova Pink. <laughs> Wood grain yeah. vinyl. That's it. <laughs> 80 star. All right. The next bit of news I've titled as Oh Snap. And uh, with the title that's probably pretty triggering for everyone in the MCU, Marvel has announced a brand new collectible card game or CCG for mobiles and PC known as Marvel Snap. Dubbed the fastest CCG in the in the multiverse, Marvel Snap aims to inject a ton of speed into the card game genre by layering both players' turns on top of each other so that they occur at the same time. The team at developer Second Dinner, which is made up of CCG veterans, including some that have worked on Hearthstone, say that a full game of Marvel Snap only takes around three minutes to play. When it comes to deck building, Marvel Snap also makes the unconventional move of only allowing 12 total cards in a deck with every card being unique. In the announcements video, it is explained that this is in response to the fact that a lot of competitive CCG decks are actually made up of very few unique cards in comparison to their total card count. A release date is yet to be confirmed, but you can sign up to be part of the Android closed beta, which I have done already this morning. But I also wanted to shout out to Ben Brode. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. He is the CDO behind this game. And my God, he brings the big energy in this uh, six-minute video where they're talking about the, the game itself, how it's played, why they're doing certain things. It's it's a great video. Uh, I'm I'm a casual CCG'er, if you want to call it that, if that's the verbiage you use. But this game, I saw it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to add this to my rotation. Like, if I can smash out games within three minutes, um, they've completely removed the whole uh, pay for power, as it's known as, you know, where you can buy and, and sort of stack your decks by dropping cash. You can unlock, I think there's 150 cards available uh, that'll be available at time of full release, and you can unlock all of those just during your gameplay experience. But it looks super slick, and it's it's very Marvel. Like it's got all the mainline characters, and then some of the more uh, niche favorites that have they've displayed and showcased in this six minute video. But JP, excuse me, have you watched this? And, and are you keen? Are you going to jump in and play this on your iPhone? No. <laughs> okay. Just the wind just, is out of my sails. Yeah, no, just not a mobile gaming <coughs> person. Like I spend enough time on my phone without games being on there, so I don't really look at it as a gaming device um, and that this type of thing has never really been for me um, is this the new wwe supercard for brendan that's going to spend way too much money on yeah well this this could be the new wwe supercard where i don't spend a cent on it because <laughs> um the fact that like i can have these battles where they're yeah three minutes of play and i like that mechanic i was watching it sort of sh- showcased in this video where you're stacking cards and watching the abilities and their buffs and nerfs interchange with your competitors playing was really cool and then uh, they tie in the 
the, the snap wordplay where when you're feeling like you're comf- confident you're going to win this match, you can you can press sort of this, you can initiate the snap, which right. if you win, it's going to double double the points you score at the end. So then it puts pressure on the person you're playing against where they can just go, you know what? Yep, that's too much for me. And they can sort of retreat in air quotes and sort of yield the game. So there is sort of this push-pull mechanic where you can be a little bit brazen and sort of be like, no, I got this. I'm putting all the points on the line here, double or nothing almost styles to try and win your way through. But yeah, this this could replace WWE Supercard and be my uh, my snap game if we wanted to <laughs> reference the old uh, gaming while on the toilet again. So it just, it sells itself for me. Yeah, those were the glory years of THG for sure. Getting the weekly updates on how much money Brendan spent on Supercard. Yeah. Have not spent a cent, JP, I reckon, in about 12 months. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I've... They uh, had a good, I've, what, th- four-year run out of... <laughs> Out of you, <laughs> had, had a had a long run and, and probably wasted a, a a sum that I will never completely disclose. But no, it was was more than ten dollars. That's for sure. I wonder but, if uh, you'd be considered a whale, technically. Probably, probably <laughs> at, at certain like fleeting moments. It wasn't like constant whale sightings. It was more so like that Moby Dick yeah. where you hear about it, you uh, see it yeah. once in a lifetime, and it you, you get that get that financial blubber and away you go again. But uh, Marvel Snap, I'm in. I wonder how that works. Like, uh, do they have you on a mail- specific mailing list and they target you with like, here's like the new update for Supercard because they know that you've spent X amount of dollars? Well, I actually, uh, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or I actually got like, they, they made me like a, I guess you'd call it like a Supercard partner where... <laughs> oh. With every new release, they'll send me like a free pack with with one of the latest and greatest cards and stuff. So hence the reason why I didn't need to drop any money, okay. because I knew with every new season I'd get I'd get a heap of in game credits and currency and some card packs to to build out my deck. So yeah, I've I've avoided that need to to throw down my credit card details and buy in because I know with every season they're going to sling me some stuff my way for being a loyal loyal user slash whale i guess you could say <laughs> well that's good at least they're not completely taking advantage of of people that's great no no and only only part only of the time bit, yeah they just get you addicted that's all that's it that's it but uh yeah I'm, I'm keen to play marvel snap it looks clean the the graphics it looks really slick i like the character animations on the cards and they've sort of got this 3d depth of field on the cards as they're playing like it's super polished looking and uh yeah there's a beta for android users at the moment nothing confirmed at time of recording for ios but it's a pretty simple sign up process to to pre-register for the beta so check it out and then uh yeah you also be able to play on pc jp if you don't want to play on your smartphone (laughs) so um it won't be too labor intensive so anyone that's got maybe like a smaller laptop or something you'd be able to run this thing easily on the go boom all right, the uh, last bit of news we're going to be covering off on here, I've called it just Return of the Strand. And uh, Norman Reedus has uh, seemingly confirmed a sequel to Death Stranding is in development. So uh, there was a new interview with uh, Leo, where Reedus, the actor behind lead role Sam Porter Bridges, discussed, uh, discussed Death Stranding and said simply, we just started the second one, end quote. He followed up by explaining how his role also came about. Glemo del Toro, who gave me my first movie, called me up and said, hey, there's a guy named Hideo Kojima. He's going to call you. Just say yes. And I go, what do you mean just say yes? And then he goes, stop being an asshole. Just say yes. Then I was in San Diego and Hideo came up with a big group of people. He's from Tokyo and he showed me what he was working on on a game called Silent Hill. 
I was blown away by what he was showing me. And I was like, yes, let's do this. It's not Miss Pac-Man. It's so realistic. <laughs> it's so futuristic. It's so complicated and beautiful. And I was completely blown away. It took me maybe two or three years to finish all the mocap sessions and everything. It took a lot of work. And then the game came out and it just won all these awards. And it was a huge thing. So we just started part two of that. Death Stranding, originally released on PlayStation 4 in 2019, was a divisive game. It's PlayStation 5 Director's Cut released last year, followed by a PC version earlier this year. So, JP, are you excited? Like, I thought Death Stranding was fine. I didn't sort of drink all the Kojima Kool-Aid and think it was the greatest thing and gaming reimagined and all (laughs) these other bylines that are doing the rounds. But, yeah, I I thought it was cool and it did some things very differently and uh, was very interesting and unique in its own kojima way but are you excited for more death stranding and sam porter bridges action yeah definitely uh i think that death stranding is a game that i appreciate more as time passes because no one's really done anything like it before or since and it's been three years now so yeah i mean the fact that kojima is doing another one the fact that it's announced in this way is so strange because like, you'd think surely Norman Reedus would be familiar with, uh, I guess, the typical, uh, what's it called? Like, NDA, non-disclosure. Yeah. And would know not to talk about something that hasn't been announced. But um, I guess it's it's a bit different in Hollywood because everyone knows what everyone's working on and it just doesn't... It's just not as secretive, I guess, over there. So maybe that's a bit of a a difference between the two industries. But um, yeah, I mean, he should know that it hasn't been announced and that he's doing I think it was a bit of a slip. Like, I think this just sort of came out during this interview process with Leo. Like, I never heard of this this Leo Media Hub until today. So I don't know how big they are and how how big their readership and listenership and viewership is. But yeah, for it just to sort of trickle out so casually as you said where yeah usually these actors and and performers are under lock and key with these very very scary ndas for this thing just to sort of trickle out in this little interview that that mr reedus is doing here it uh it's it's funny it humors me greatly that it sort of bled out the way it did but now now that momentum is going you know the the hype train can uh leave the station and we'll see what kind of kooky greatness Hideo is going to uh, bring to bring to console and no doubt inevitable maybe with a side-by-side PC release on this one too uh, in, the, in the coming years. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what they do with, with a follow-up to, to the 2019 original. Yeah, I think like the fact that Kojima didn't leak it himself is the surprise because he's pretty fast and loose with the tweets sometimes about, you know, things that he's working on or what he's interested in or whatever it is so that's surprising um or that you know that we didn't see a photo of redis in a mocap suit or something and that was the way it leaked um i wonder if it was meant to be off the record and they just printed it anyway who knows that's that's my (laughs) thought that's my thought like maybe he said that and then maybe backtracked and sort of said can, can we can we scratch that this from the interview and the writer or interviewer Leo's like yeah no worries no worries and then he's like psych had my fingers <laughs> crossed behind my back and here it is now in in this uh in this written piece yeah. so 
Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon you're right in on that one. I think like it's a pretty like it was kind of under the radar news story because it hasn't been reported super widely. And this is not just big because it's another Death Stranding, but it's big because it's it means that that's what Kojima's doing next. It's not some other Xbox exclusive that was rumored mm-hmm. or um you know it's not something to do with abandoned what is it abandoned or what was that uh that's oh yeah abandoned which is yeah. the is is Hideo attached to exactly. this is he not exactly and, so. oh my god that that's still <laughs> I still don't believe that game exists or that studio is yeah. real like I feel that's the biggest ruse in gaming right now but I'm excited to watch that unfold more anyway yeah. either way like I guess it's possible a game could release before Death Stranding 2 or maybe the, ex- the Microsoft thing is after Death Stranding 2 but pretty sure death or yeah this could make its way to both xbox and playstation yeah i suppose that's i'm not sure who owns it like i know like for example bloodborne's a game that from software made but sony owns the ip and you'd have to think that kojima would maintain the rights to the the ip death stranding but i don't Mm. know I, i feel like playstation has some kind of control over it so yeah, like, like they'd have the first one definitely under lock and key, but maybe part of the agreement to do a sequel was that yeah. number one would then be released potentially on Xbox down the line. Obviously, we just saw it on True. PC rollout this year. Yeah, that happens. And yeah, and PlayStation is sort of implying that there's more, there's going to be more day one releases of their IP on PC on as, as far as console release same day as well. But yeah, having it on Xbox is a big thing because yeah, Kojima is synonymous with PlayStation. So that would be a big uh, feather ruffler. But yeah, there's been been no further word of if this discussion and partnership with Xbox is going to amount to anything or maybe if it just fell over in a heap and yeah, Death Stranding 2's his sole focus for now. But we'll hear more in the coming coming years. Maybe, as is tradition with Game Fest, maybe we're going to see Keely up there Keely. with his best friend Kojima officially announce uh, Death Stranding 2 as part of one of their, their big reveals for, for Game Fest in June. Yeah, it's possible. It's um, it's something that I'm very curious about because Death Stranding was made really quickly with us. I, I feel like a smaller team because <coughs> it was in the, the wake of Kojima leaving Konami. So mm-hmm. to have seen a bit of proof of concept now with the death stranding universe to have seen like there's obviously a bit of an audience for it whether he gets additional resources to build more of a uh a deeper open world i should say i was gonna like a less empty open world maybe it's before the world gets to the point that it, maybe it's a prequel like it's before it gets to the point that it's at maybe in death stranding because there's a lot of lore in that story and i'm not sure where it would necessarily go after death stranding but yeah i'm very curious as with anything that this man does hideo has me by the uh well because hooks in me he's just a lightning rod isn't he like anytime you see his name attached to anything or mentioned in the same conversation like you're still seeing all this stuff with the upcoming silent hill games that bloober team are handling and that's very much radio silent at the moment then there's still the the rumor churn that that Hideo somehow almost advising or working in partnership with Bluebar regarding Silent Hill and stuff. So it's it's yeah, he's he's one of the larger than life titans in the gaming industry and will continue to be so you know, long after he's gone. But 
yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens and just love that this casually rolls out with an interview with, with an outlet um, that I didn't know until today called, called Leo. And like, it's funny, like looking at uh, their main sort of header on their website, it's style, culture, travel, lifestyle, food, gear, and dadhood is what they cover. So they're not even like a, a gamer or tech centric outlet. And yet they've got one of probably the biggest soft exclusives of the year as far as yeah. Death Stranding 2's on the way. Definitely. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of the news. But JP, if you don't want to wait until probably 2027 when uh, Death Stranding Part 2 might drop, I got you covered. All right. New releases and events. As far as uh, new TV or new small screen-based content debuting this coming week, we're talking between May 23 through to 29, we've got some big ones. Uh, the first one, we've got Louis Theroux shooting Joe Exotic, making his way to stand here for those AU viewers. Obi-Wan Kenobi debuting out of nowhere even though we knew it was coming up i forgot that it was this soon uh but it's debuting uh this this coming week on disney plus and we're also getting stranger things season four making its way to netflix that's so, the one for me that's come out of nowhere because stranger things yeah i mean i know that there's been press about it but it's been so long that i just kind of put it out of my mind that it was ever going to come out and now i'm hyped it's crazy, and I don't know if you've seen some of the, the leaks as far as episodic runtime. So some of the episodes that they're releasing with this season four, it's coming out in two parts. Like there's oh, yeah. there's the one dropping at the end of May and then the, the, the second half of season four dropping in July. Okay. But they, shot, they, they announced for season four, episode nine in season four goes for two and a half hours. <laughs> okay, I'm down for it. Yeah. I love Stranger Things, and it's been so long that's they've surely had to pivot from their original idea for season mm -hmm. four, if there was one. So, um, yeah, really curious to see how they uh, address the way that season three ended, which was... The trailers have shocking. been hyped. I, I can't wait for it. And I loved where they went with season three and the direction where they could go with season four in the in the trailers looks awesome. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see what the, uh, the old Duffer brothers have been up to. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as movies coming out this week too, a couple other big ones. Top Gun Maverick finally makes his way to the big screens after literally two plus years of delays uh, due to COVID. They've finally decided to uh, be cleared for takeoff and uh, making their way to the screens this Thursday. We've got Bob's Burgers, the movie making its way to big screens as well as Hatchling, which is a bit more of an art housey looking horror that uh, looks all kinds of creepy and kooky. But... Uh, I'm hyped to check out Top Gun Maverick. Are you gonna are you gonna watch and see what Maverick and uh, Iceman have been up to these last couple of decades? It's been three plus decades, hasn't it? It's yeah. bananas. No, I've actually never watched Top Gun start to finish, so <sighs> that's one of those '80s flicks that I've bypassed. As you know, I've been catching up on my Aliens and my Predators uh, mm -hmm. and whatnot, but the Top Gun still hasn't grabbed me. But uh, maybe if everyone's all over this one i'll have to go back and check it out finally check it out definitely and, and a nice little connector there to when you mentioned predators uh the the trailer or the first announcement trailer for prey which is the new predator movie coming out in august it's going to be debuting straight to hulu so it's not going to be in on the big screen here for us in au it'll be through one of the other streamers i think it's august the 5th if i can remember correctly uh but this is going way back and this movie is going to be set in like the 1800s and pitting like 
uh, Comanche Indians against Predator, and it wow. looks super gritty and atmospheric, and I'm excited for this. So uh, check no that doubt. trailer out if you can. It's only 50 seconds or so, but it hits on that initial vibe and feeling and atmosphere from, from Predator 1 back in 86. So, uh, yeah, we got those. As far as games coming out this coming week, there is quite a few We've got Floppy Nights, which is a card RPG. Streets of Rage 4 make its way um, on the 24th. Obviously, action, uh, action slash beat them up there. Toucan Ranbu Warriors, uh, which is an action game. Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, <laughs> which is an action-adventure game. I'm intrigued by what Turnip Boy gets up to there to to avoid those, those payments of, of tax to the government, but uh, is what it is. We've got an adventure point and click called Voodoo Detective, a shooter called Catalyst Black, action slash sports game called Roller Champions, and that's a free-to-play game. It's a Ubisoft original. Uh, Hellslave, which is a dungeon crawler slash RPG, a racing sci-fi title known as Red Out 2. Sniper Elite 5, making its way to console and PC as well. T3 Arena, which is a shooter action platformer called Moo Lander. Uh, we've also got an adventure game from the My Little Pony universe called A Maritime Bay Adventure, and that's wordplay with... M-A-R-E-T-I-M-E. Uh, Pac-Man Museum Plus. We've also got um, a shoot 'em up slash sh- broader... Sh- uh, we've got a shooter called Remote Life, an RPG slash roguelike called Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy as well. So we've got over a dozen games making its way to a whole host of platforms. A ton of content there to uh, sink your teeth into. I'm I'm intrigued and interested by Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Great name. And if it's not some absurdly priced game, I'm going to download it and give it a spin. Apparently, it only takes three hours to finish the main story. Uh, it's done by Snoozy Kazoo is the developers, and it's making its way to Switch PC and mobile. So uh, let's see what's going on there and, and see just how a turnip can avoid paying its taxes. Yeah, I'll give my highlight gold star to voodoo detective which benny 8-bit highlighted to me in the discord the 8-bit discord this week as a Mm -hmm. point and click adventure looks pretty quirky and fun Uh, i don't know if i will necessarily pick it up but if it was on game pass i would definitely check it out and keep an eye on it for a sale perhaps if it rev- it's got some Monkey Island vibes yeah, to it as that, far as the aesthetic. That's, I think that's why Benny showed me because it does have a bit of a quirky kind of humor. It's hard to tell from the trailer if it's good. That's the only reason that I hesitate. So if it does review really well, then it is something that I would potentially spend some money on. So Yeah, and, and you can play that on PC or smartphone as well. So if it's on smartphone, you'd envision it's not going to be very expensive. No, is that it? Is it just PC and smartphone? Apparently, okay. yeah. Well, then I'm not going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> redacted until it comes to consoles which it will i'm sure why would you maybe i'll have a look at that too why would you make something and not put it on consoles come on anyway i don't know anyway i don't know all right jp let's move into the final part of the podcast which i believe you're chairing today tweet of the week indeed we have a three-parter here so bear with me but uh jeff Keeley, our friend who was name dropped just on this very podcast tweeted out this morning <laughs> Electronic Arts was set to merge with NBC Universal. Four sources with knowledge of the proposal told at Puck News, but the deal fell apart last month. So this could have almost been a news item. It's a pretty interesting little uh, nugget there that we could have had a very different um, 
different EA, but uh, it says also in that story, he said in his second tweet that EA has also had talks with Disney, Apple, and Amazon. And then there's a quote tweet of this one, which is part three from Gene Park over at uh, Washington Post, who does their games coverage. And he said, when Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, this was the competition and they were actually worried about outbidding them. It's happening. So the fact that EA, you know, one of the biggest developers and publishers out there has been in amongst it with Disney, in amongst it with Apple, Amazon, NBC, a bunch of huge companies that you wouldn't normally associate with gaming. Uh, This is interesting that they're getting into it and um, coming close to diving right in with one of the the biggest uh, companies out there in EA. And it also adds some intrigue behind the scenes of that Activision Blizzard acquisition, uh, why they spent, overspent perhaps with the 60... What was it? Sixty-eight point seven, whatever it was, the the very large yeah, just number, a, just a smidge under sixty-nine. Nice US yeah, million dollars. It was a huge number. It was a lot more than anyone thought would probably ever happen for a, a game developer publisher. Um, but clearly, they overpaid to fend off perhaps offers from the likes of Disney and Apple and Amazon and whoever else wants to throw their hat in the ring. So I, I just thought that was an interesting, um, not just the Jeff Keighley news, but Gene Park's little add-on there about uh, Activision Blizzard. So yeah, what do you think? I think it's it's interesting. Obviously, there's always dominoes that could fall in, in that game space and, and the next big acquisition. And, and EA certainly makes sense. They're, they're primarily interested in, in making money. And if they can make an absolute absurd amount of money by just selling off those beloved IP or just, you know, the EA games arm in general, it makes a lot of sense. And and some of those big players that you mentioned sniffing around, like Amazon always makes a lot of sense because, you know, they're, they're dipping toes into the gaming well already. So if they could pick up someone like Electronic Arts and have not only a ton of current games and current IP that make an absolute crazy amount of cash, but also a very extensive back catalog allowed them to jump in and you know really ascend up that uh, that gaming totem pole hierarchy pretty swiftly. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to hear that EA has been purchased in the coming months. It sounds like like if they're having discussions with all these all these potential um, investment companies already, that it could happen much sooner rather than later. Indeed, yep, very well said. I also had a chuckle. We didn't put it in the news here, but I also had a chuckle regarding Square Enix having their earnings report pop out this week. And obviously they've sold off their their Western studios uh, to Embracer. And yeah. then they've also said part of their strategy moving forward is to create more studios. So it's like, <laughs> why didn't you just build up the ones you just had that you sold off for two cents on the dollar instead of now trying to rebuild from the ground up? Anyway, maybe they, you know, maybe they want to keep it Japanese. Maybe. Maybe, but uh, yeah, made me chuckle. Obviously, I I'm not on on their board. I am just a humble fan, but it just made me chuckle that that was the the thought process or lack thereof in my not so humble opinion there with uh, Square doing some funny things. But yeah, Apeit Nation, that brings us to the end 
of THG 284. JP, thank you for jumping on in here and uh, filling in while Miss Ali Hart recovers from the dreaded loogie. It's, uh, it's running rampant all around the world at the moment. Now we've got some type of monkey strain <laughs> breaking into Australia yeah. and into Victoria here. Like, nothing is safe. It is, it is a crazy mixed up world out there. I, know, I had a, a pretty sick week as well. I'm still recovering, as people can probably tell. And you seem a little less than your usual self, but we've stuck through it. And I think uh, hopefully people don't miss Ali too much, though I'm sure they'll be very happy to have her back next week, feeling much better. That's it. And, and anyone else out there, obviously, yeah, this, this cold snap is running right way across Australia. So so rug up, get your flu shots if you can, and make sure you get that vitamin D, however however you uh, consume it, and vitamin <laughs> C as well. Drink all the orange juice yeah. because uh, yeah, we're all going to be off crook uh, over the coming weeks and months, I'd imagine. But yeah, Ape Nation, thanks as always for stopping on by. If you can rate, review, subscribe us on your podcast player of choice, as well as all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular. That would mean the world to us. And if obviously you're doing that on Spotify, be sure to screenshot that rating, drop it to us on the socials at we're8bit or email us at hello at 8bit.net to go in the draw to win yourself a fantastic brand new gaming headset and some other kit from Audio Technica and 8bit. But this has been episode 284. Follow myself at Brendan 8bit. Follow Miss Ali Hart at Miss Ali Hart and follow Australia's Jono Peck at Jono himself. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, when we come at you for episode 285, much love and stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.